From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 559. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Enigma Stationery. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Good, good. I'm back from vacation, back in the desk, in the proper desk setting. Um, although it feels like um, kind of a repeat show from last week and maybe the the week before, we have lots of follow-up, lots of uh, recurring themes here, but I'm still kind of excited to talk about all the same stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's pens. You know, sometimes we're going to talk about the same pens every week because they're interesting to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. Of the Lamy Pens <laughs> Bracket Breakdown. Would you like to share the information? I think, yeah, I think most of our listeners are like, finally, yeah. <laughs> we can stop talking about <laughs> this. But I find it interesting. I find it interesting. So it's like, uh, I wanted to see who won, even though I think we both realized who was going to win. And it's the Lamy 2000 over oh, the Lamy Safari. I'm so, happy. I didn't think this was no, going to be the pick- result, did I? Remember? Okay. I th- yeah, yeah, I think you did think the Safari. Like more, we decided that you thought more people, the numbers yes, of the Safari would take over, would outweigh the 2000. I thought the 2000 should win. I didn't think yes. it would. Okay. Yep. Yep. The only thing I wanted Lamy to do was to give us some numbers, but they just kind of did just like an Instagram comment count, which seems like super annoying. So I, last week, went behind them and put it to the listeners of the show, Mike. Uh-huh. So I was curious um, how the listeners would vote on this if they weren't following on Instagram, Lamy's um, feed on Instagram. How would they vote? So I just did a little Google form, said pick one, Lamy 2000 or Lamy Safari. Lamy 2000 won at a rate of 55% of the votes to about 45% of the votes for Lamy Safari. I think that's pretty accurate, right? Like if you could draw it up, would you uh, you maybe you have reversed it for the Safari? What do you think? Well, the way that our audience voted is mm-hmm. what I could have like what I would have voted, right? Or like what sorry, mm-hmm. what I would have expected them to vote at our audience. And I would have expected mm-hmm. it maybe to be flipped for the general sailor audience but okay yeah i'm very happy with the result yeah it's very close right i didn't think there was going to be there wasn't going to be like a 75 25 split no. here right it was going to be you know 50 50 give or take five percent and that's kind of what we landed at here on the podcast vote um for for lami 2000 mm-hmm. so we can wrap that up. The two thousand wins. We got the we got the final that we wanted. At least I wanted, despite the the bracket being just kind of wonky, um, just uh, to begin with. But you can see I have a little diagram of the listener vote here. If you want to see that in the show notes, we'll put a link. But I mean, it's fifty five forty five for the two thousand. That brings us to listener follow up, which we will have a lot of this show. And I like how we've kind of mixed in this. You want to tell a uh, read here what Aaron has to say because boy, do I have a lot of comments on it. Well, so I thought this would be particularly interesting to ask this question now, considering that Lamy Pens has a new favorite pen. Aaron asks, mm-hmm. when, when will we be able to buy a Lamy 2000 with orange Macrolon and a black DLC furniture nib? I would pay $500 for that tomorrow. Yes. It's not going to happen. Dude. Well. Like, Lamy will have to change their philosophy on pen design. 
for that to happen. That is not their style in the 2000, in the 2000, right? right? Here's what I'll ask, so we, right? they f- If Lamy mm-hmm. Penn's USA did this poll, right? No, it's not mm-hmm. like a small account. Like it's not like an unimportant account. It's a legit right. account. It, it's, it's the at Lamy Penn's account. It's like as, right. you know, as big as it could be, I suppose, like from a decision-making mm-hmm. perspective. If you find this information out, that your audience loves the 2000, could it not be a, a, a piece of intel to pass back and be like, hey, people really love this pen? Or I guess they already know how many they sell, so... Um. Correct. This is not new information. Yeah. This is not new information. Do you know how long people have been yelling for the 2000 since they did the Johnny Ive Project Red one, right? That was a holy cow... They did it. Now they did it like for an auction. It was a very like special case type of situation. Um, but they did a red macrolon with silver trim. And it was like, holy cow, they can do it. Right. They did it. Right. So then years pass. And then all of a sudden they drop the navy blue one with the silver trim. And I was like, hey, that's that. Okay, cool. You did it. It doesn't look much different than the regular one it's also $500 and it seems like that's cool but is it different enough and then they did the what did they call it black amber another dark you know macrolon barrel they haven't come out with like the real crossover macrolon color yet right which to me is the bright like bring back the red which they won't do which is fine but, you know, I'm talking like purples or bright blue, like something that a yellow Macrolon Lamy 2000 would be absolutely nuts, right? And I, I feel like like if they can do red, they should be able to do yellow. But for them to actually do, say, orange and come out with a black clip and a black nib, I think that's like two steps beyond beyond Lamy's comfort zone, right? I think, like, they do black nibs for some of the studio pens and the safaris. Like, they do black nibs, and they do black clips on a lot of these things. I think their idea of the Lamy 2000, they would have to rethink... They would have to say, we're going to modernize this classic and do something, like, really, like, almost like an EDC-type pen, which that doesn't seem like in the philosophy of the organization uh, of Lamy. Do you, am I making any sense? That's that's like why I'm thinking like this would be my number one thing to make uh-huh. and I don't think they would do it. It would be orange with silver trim and, and silver plated gold nibs, right? I want to believe, but I, I believe that you are correct. Like they're not going to do mm-hmm. anything particular with it. They're not going to do anything magically special with it. Like it's just right. going to be what it's going to be. Right, and that so you that, put a link in the show red, notes. Yeah, that red Lamy mm-hmm. was from 2013. It's wow, ten okay. years ago. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, so put a. You found the link. There was a a Sotheby's uh auction auction of. Uh-huh. They did a full set, which I didn't realize. So they have uh-huh. the fountain pen, the rollerball, the ballpoint, and the pencil. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a full set. Uh, of this it it's glorious right like mm-hmm. it's amazing mm-hmm. like i love looking at this so make sure to put that in the show notes it has a new owner um no. like i yeah 
Yeah, so this is like a one-off deal, right? No, like th- this Sotheby's project, right? That um, lot, lot that I've found, it looks like someone mm-hmm. is reselling the original set. Right. That that's my point is Johnny yep. Ive did one set yes. as like a fundraising type situation. Now this set has changed hands mm-hmm. allegedly, Which based on weird. what we're reading here. Right. Yep. Yeah. So interesting um so that's when we're like okay mommy can do it <laughs> like they did it like i get that they did a like a one-off but now they did some um you know the blue and the the black amber which like are totally good like they're they're fine but it's like i want this right i like why can't i have this lami <laughs> that's what uh, what i say i go to bed at night mike thinking like my last thing before i go to bed is like why can't i have all the fun things lami that's literally my life now. um yeah i would just i would go with aaron's question just give me orange macrolon like there i fully believe they will not do black dlc coated furniture and nibs mm. in the 2000 it's that is anti 2000 right is it is antithetical. Is that the right word to what the Lamy Two Thousand is? I believe what they think the Lamy Two Thousand is. Is it an? There's a, there's a word there. Antithetical. Yeah, antithetical, something like that. Sure. Anthracite. Sure. Mm, that's different. Okay. That's different. Anyway, so like I've 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 banged this drum for a long time. Um, and, and we actually have a lot of commentary on these type of things in this show today on things I banged the drum for. And uh, I would love to see it. I just don't have my hopes up. So, you know, it, it's fun. It, it, it's really hard to see these red ones, though, and go just like, yeah, that was great this one time. You, you should stop now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, let's let's stop now. It's like, no, <laughs> let's 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 lean into this a little bit and and charge me for it. So anyway, good stuff. I'm glad we pulled up that link. I can't believe that's been 10 years. That's hilarious to me. Uh, an anonymous listener uh-huh. sent in via our feedback form at penaddictfeedback.com the link for the Apple Boom podcast in audio version. That's great. They seem to produce and upload themselves. It was just not linked on the video, but if you want the Apple Boom podcast as audio, you can get it. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes if you want it. Yeah, and this is for the the Apple Boom Bites show, mm-hmm. the the main interview show, which I, I think is super fun because I will listen to it in podcast audio form more than I will listen to it on YouTube. Yeah, and Joe wrote in to say I ordered some brass cartridge plugs. Not good. They stretched the opening, <laughs> rendering the cartridge unusable. Good in theory, don't work in practice. What I will probably add to this is I imagine it could work under very certain circumstances and very particular tolerances, right? That's my exact response. There's a tolerance question on both sides of the ledger, Mm -hmm. right? Because cartridges aren't perfect and don't always match between manufacturers despite fitting, having the same fittings. That's, you know, challenge one. Challenge two is the brass cartridge. What, you know, what is it built to? Is it going to fit that exact same tolerance? Is it going to be tight? Is it going to be loose? If it's too tight, does it end up stretching the cartridge and the cartridge leaks when you put it on to the pin? So I I get that. Like, I get that. So it's better to, 
eventually, even if you don't have these brass cartridge plugs, if you were refilling cartridges, which a lot of people do, you eventually loosen that seal just by using it over and over and over again. It's just bound to happen. So people who do that, they'll use a cartridge, maybe it's 10 times, right? Whatever that number is. And then they'll have to throw out that cartridge because it's gotten too loose and it's more prone to leaking. So yeah, I, I get that with the brass cartridge plugs. I would rather have like the hot glue wax seal type of situation if I was mm. going to do the portable stuff because I would still be worried about knocking these blast, brass plugs out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I would not be as comfortable with that, uh, just kind of banging around. So again, I'm I'm never going to do any of this. I'm just going to use, you know, take extra cartridges with me and, and not refill it. But I still think it's a good exercise. It's a good experiment if you wanted to, to do that and refill your cartridges, but have refills handy at the same time. What do you do? So I, I still think I'm leaning towards something different besides the plugs, just my comfort, my comfort level. If you do want to use the brass plugs or any kind of cartridge plug, I have the perfect pen for you. What? Twisby Swipe. Yeah. Because the spring will keep the cartridge yeah. in place. It's going to force it in. <laughs> we finally found a use there. for it. <laughs> That's what the spring's for. Man, who knew it was such a long... This is a long con long by con, Twisby. baby, Twisby. They know what they're doing over there. Man, maybe whoever asked that first question was just uh, a Twisby plant, and they were just waiting yep. for us to get to it. And they're like, yes, my plan has come together. Buy a Twisby swipe because it forces the cartridge down onto the onto the uh, back of the feed, and it'll never leak. The show has <laughs> Twisby been infiltrated by the Twisby marketing <laughs> complex. <laughs> hey, at least it's not like a, a, a shoulder strap duck inkwell or whatever that was that time. What? Wait. You don't remember what? this when we got got that time? You don't remember when we got got that one time with a with a like a way outlier question that we took seriously until we realized we were being had? I forget exactly what it was. <laughs> but it was no like a shoulder mounted inkwell. Oh yeah, this God. is like three hundred episodes ago. Yeah. Someone will find this and send this to you. No, I remember someone wanted so. to put an inkwell on their shoulder. <laughs> I don't even remember why yeah, we like, like tried to talk through some of the logistics. <laughs> and it was like, and they're like, haha, I got you. It's like, I, don't, I still don't, uh-huh. I still don't understand. Like, there's not a jo- it, you know, <laughs> like. I think it was, it was a person who like did that on the regular to like people. Like it was like a prankster type of situation. Yeah, it wasn't like a listener going, "Hey, let me let me try to get them." It was, I think, it was almost more outsiderish. But there's still, I don't get it. You know, I just think I'm thinking. This is this is what happens when you do a podcast about pens for like eleven years, right? Like, you you bring up things that you don't even remember happened. But I just have a vague memory of it. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) It was funny. Let's shift gears and talk about something more exciting than than a than a. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited right now. Think well. <laughs> this episode of the Pen Addict is brought to you by Enigma Stationery. I'm very happy to have Enigma Stationery back as a sponsor of the show. They are a family-owned and operated business that offers unique items made from in-house designs, along with top brands, including products from the Travelers Company, Field Notes, and many more. They have an exclusive new pen release this week that we're going to talk about on the show. It is the Studio Neat Mark I Enigma Edition. This is a unique shimmering teal colorway for the iconic Mark I rollerball pen. 
Every pen features the classic all-metal retractable design that these pens are known for with a three-step finish, which is new for this model, that ensures durability for the brilliant teal sparkle. The black PVD-coated knock complements the teal barrel and, of course, provides <laughs> the signature click that the Mark I is known for. This edition includes 100 pieces... While Enigma Stationery would love to make more, nothing is currently planned. So if you want one, get one while you still can. Now, one of these is flying across the Atlantic to me right now. and I, So I have not <laughs> seen it in person, but I've seen many images. Now, Brad, I believe you have not seen images, but yet you have one right in front of you. Is that correct? Well, you're making me cackle with the description. So... Um, based on my vacation and our document writing, I didn't know Enigma Station was stationery was a sponsor until today when I opened up the show doc this morning. You put them in, uh-huh. so I was like, "Oh, that's funny." I have an envelope from Enigma Stationery um, that I received over my vacation, and and I tend to wait to open things. Right, I'll just do unboxings or whatever. Like I don't like rip right into my mail when I get stuff. So thankfully, um. I, I didn't run into this one. I was like, oh, well, let me open this. And there's my packaging right there. I was like, uh, Mike, do you just want me to wait and like surprise open this um, for the ad read? And it was a problem that you were giving me the description. I couldn't, I don't know if you heard me like giggling like you were doing it. I was like, oh my God, I I cannot wait to open this up now. So like I'm at I number one, I like I like uh, Studio Neat's little Mark One packaging. So we're gonna talk about that uh later. Um in an unrelated thing that I added to the show note before I knew what I was getting into here. So let me open this up real quick. Mm-hmm. I will say while Brad's doing that, there are just one hundred of these available. So if you want one, go to enigmastationary.com slash penaddict and you can use the code PENADDICT to check out as a listener of this show, and you'll receive free shipping on orders of over $40 or more, along with a free gift. Now, what do you think over there, Brad? Have they done a black uh, knock before? I think maybe, well, the Apollo one was well, kind of I'll that tell you, silvery. The, off uh, black, black PVD knock that you're looking at was created originally for the Cortex uh, Mark One. But, you know, oh, just, noise, just noise. saying it is. <laughs> so here, so this, I will say, I, is, I love is, the black knock. It's my favorite color yeah. of the knocks that they do. Yeah. And I don't own the Cortex one. So that's why I didn't, I hadn't seen it before. So what this is, if you want me to describe this to you, the color, this is Lamy Petrol All-Star yep. with shine on yep. it. Like it's, yep. it's a dark teal Lamy Petrol color, but cooler because it's got like the sparkle is very subtle right you have to see it in the light like if i had it laying on my desk you would think it's a teal pen with a black knock and it looks great right then up close you can see it's just loaded loaded with sparkle um this is this is fantastic and this is going to uh uh sell out like immediately i would guess you probably need to just go over to enigma stationary like asap this is this is really like top tier, um, top tier Mark One action yeah. here. This it's is what Lamy should be doing, Mike. They should yeah. they should lean in. Like Mark One made a classic pen, and guess what? Now they're doing fun stuff with their classic pen, and that's what you get here with this Enigma so Stationery uh, model. We want it's fantastic the Enigma Stationery Lamy Two Thousand. 
That's what we're looking for. Yeah, there we go. That's what we're trying. All right, Dan, for, I'm gonna yeah. need you to work on that. Yeah, if you could just yeah, go and you, do that. Dan needs to leave. You clearly got it all settled. Like you know how to do it. Yeah, this color is so good. This color is like right on the money. Um, I like the feel of it. I guess I'm used to the ceramic coated ones. I don't mm-hmm. guess that I have one in this type of coating, and I I just can't I can't put it down. It feels really good. So yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be using the heck out of this. Wonderful. Yeah, it's really a beautiful addition, and it's just worth going to look at. I will tell you right now, I know just by looking at the images of this, this is just like one of those pens that's really hard for you to photograph, right? Like, as of all of the good shimmery yeah. stuff, but this is just a right, top-notch, right. beautiful Mark One, and I cannot wait for mine to arrive. Mm-hmm. It will go into my uh, go into my wonderful collection. So go to enigmastationary.com slash penaddict to secure your Enigma edition of the Studio Neat Mark One, and use the code penaddict to check out to receive free shipping on all orders over $40 plus a free gift. Our thanks to Enigma Stationery for the support of this show and Relay FM. Great job by both of them. So here's the funny thing that... Um, Mike enjoys and our listeners will not believe me when I say this, but I, I think my reputation is pretty intact. I put in the shout out of the week <laughs> before I knew what our sponsor was. My shout out of the week was for Studio Neat for something different. It's because I got my Mark III pencil in, right? So I gave my shout out to the week to our friends Tom and Dan over at Studio Neat um who make awesome stuff or good friends of both uh mine and mike and you know it's it's cool to be able to shout out some makers in our our shout outs of the week as well it just so happened that we kind of got a twofer here accidentally because i just uh i opened my uh, mark three right before the show as well because i again i like to hold these things and be surprised and kind of give my first impressions so the reason why i like the mark three is, is the mechanical, in, it's a mechanical pencil, pencil mm. right? So they launched this on Kickstarter, um, and it complements the Mark One perfectly. That's why I like it. But they did what I believe is the 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 correct design decision is they narrowed the barrel, right? So the barrel itself for the mechanical pencil is slightly narrower than the barrel for the standard Mark One model. Um, which uses the 0.7 Roll- Schmidt Rollerball refill that I enjoy. And the Mark III uses the 0.7 millimeter uh, lead core for the mechanical pencil. So they just kind of shrunk it down a little bit, like in diameter-wise, which I think is necessary for mechanical pencils, at least for me, like when I'm making decisions about the products that I like and want to use. Like I have certain kind of unwritten rules, you know, the finer the tip, the narrower I want the barrel to be. That's why I can't use, uh, that's why I'm not a huge fan of very large fountain pens with an extra fine nib, right? That just is a disconnect for the way that I write. So I need a mechanical pencil to not be overly wide. So I was glad to see that the the diameter of the Mark III in, and I've just started using it today. I'm using it for my show notes um, as we speak, and it, it's it's great. Like this, also, I believe they they sell a 0.5 replacement mechanism for it. This pencil is made for 0.7, right? It's just the exact theory that I just said a second ago. Yeah. Like I understand that some people are like very fixed on 0.5. That's my 0.5 is my favorite, but I use it in the more engineering style narrow grip section pencils 
um, if I want to use 0.7, I'm good with having a little bit wider barrel like this. So like I have the Uni um, Kurotoga Dive, right? And we've talked about this before. It's a very big, very wide pencil and it's a 0.5 uh, tip. And it's not a great writer because the grip section's too wide for that fine of a lead size. That's what I think the Mark III gets right. So like my recommendation for the Mark III is to keep the 0.7 um, mechanism in it, even though you can switch it out to 0.5. It just feels really great. I, I'm really enjoying it so far. So I got the white Cerakote with the uh, copper-colored knock, which matches my original uh, Mark I from the original Kickstarter. So that's my shout-out of the week for Studio Neat. They're always doing cool stuff. I know you partner with them a lot. Yep. Um, including a podcast called Thoroughly Considered on our very own Relay FM network. Yep. We talk about product design and all that kind of stuff. I'm still waiting on my Mark III. Uh, I got the white and silver, which I don't think that that one has shipped out yet. Yeah, your opinion on that is like more interesting than my opinion on that. Like, I know I'm going to like it, but I know you're not straight up like a mechanical pencil guy like I am, right? I have but one that I, like I think like for what... Two, yeah, but for like what this is, I think you, I think you actually might use it. Yeah, I mean, I use uh, so. I use my Rotring and I use my spoke. Like I use them, right. um, but not right. like a ton. But I do use them. I will say I've mm-hmm. used them more in the last year or so. Like I've mm-hmm. found a new use for mechanical pencils in product designing, like in yes. sketching things out. You know, like grabbing a ruler yeah. and doing the, I don't think I mm-hmm. updated. Do you remember I was looking for a ruler forever? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Kathy Campbell bought me a, a, a 30 centimeter brass ruler for Christmas. Either for Christmas nice. or my birthday. So, like, Kathy, obviously, as you know, such an organized individual, found the thing, got mm-hmm. me like a nice 30 centimeter brass ruler. It's exactly what I was looking for. And I use it all the time. So, Kathy, Kathy did the thing. I think a listener, we had a listener a long time ago send me a couple. Yeah. I thought I'd maybe send it in one of your packages to, to you, but maybe not. <laughs> it might still be sitting in the shipping Brad, department. Brad, knowing you, you still have it. <laughs> I will eventually get it. Well, I think it. you would know because, yeah. But you yeah, still exactly. Have it. So uh, I have two <laughs> two brass rulers from a listener. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. <laughs> I'll look forward to having three brass rulers was- maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so last thing related to mechanical pencils. So I'm sitting here at my, at my desk and I have like pen cups and pen holders. I'm not counting those, but like literally like to my right hand, just laying on the desk of the products I've used recently counting the Mark three, I have one, two, three, four mechanical pencils, one roller ball. Now that I've opened the Mark one, uh, Enigma model, I have, the spoke roadie, which is a ballpoint, and two fountain pens. So my, my point being is I love mechanical pencils. I have four different models laying here because I like picking them up for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one Mark One, one spoke, and two Pentel, uh, various models. So, yeah, I'm a huge mechanical pencil guy, and uh, Dan and Tom did a great job with this. So shout out Studio Neat. All right, Mike. I am going to go back on something I said very recently. I think within the past two months, um, I took the stance where I'm just going to let Sailor go for it and make all the things and make all the money and, and make all the pins. And ever since I said that, 
the release cadence of Sailor Pens has exploded even more than I expected. So now I am going to go the opposite direction and I am going to put a podcast moratorium on new Sailor Pen releases for the remainder of 2023. You know what, Brad? I'm 100% on board with this. It's non-stop. So, and it's not, what gets me is it's not just single releases. So I have a link in the show notes. They have a new, um, new, like a Equinox, uh, what are they calling this? Uh, Slim Solar Term series. So this is a four pin series. <laughs> Again, they can't just make one pin at a time. This is another four pin set, uh, for the spring and autumn Equinox and the summer and winter solstice, right? It's like, it's non stop the i mean they're beautiful pens like i have it is i have nothing wrong with sailor as a product right they you look at these pens you go man that's beautiful it's four more how do retailers afford this inventory is what i want to know sailor like i said the first time i brought this up sailor must be making money hand over fist to release this many pens right they must be selling this because it is non-stop it's every week I'm talking about this and it's not just one pen. Like sometimes it's just one pen, but it's usually three pens, four pens, six pens in a series every week. Like I like moratorium, moratorium the like rest of the suggest, year. We're done. Just as an addendum to the <laughs> moratorium done. and you can choose whichever one you want. <laughs> we either don't talk about them all or you get one a month. <laughs> no, one a month is too many. All right. <laughs> like one a month is normal. Like no. I, one a month is normal. I need We're every week. We could do it. <laughs> like, well, I know, I I know we could, but like you know, like other brands, like we're going to talk about this, like as related to like my Palette Decimo. Oh, we're going to talk about that um, as it relates to like some of the conversation. Not to be hypocritical, right? Um, but like, this is too much, man. <laughs> I I really tried to like handle this in a better way. It's like, I'm just going to lean in. We're going to talk about every single one of them. And I didn't think it would be this nuts. in <laughs> as far as releases go, it is completely out of hand. Like I, like I overbooked my brain <laughs> on sailor, I mean, right? Just the problem like, is, I, I'm, I'm overbooked. They're the best. They're so good. Like to use. Yeah. Like that's why, but right. so, like, it's, 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 I'm such a fan of Sailor Pro Gear. That's which is why, like, I agree mm-hmm. with you on the moratorium, but it also makes me feel uncomfortable at the same time because I love them so much. <laughs> but I do feel like, from a content perspective, doing the show, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's worth talking about them mm-hmm. so much as we do. Yeah, I didn't think I would be this exasperated this quickly. Even yeah. though, like, I came out of exasperation last year, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine to start talking about these again. Because between, like, all the price increases, which are fine, like, I don't know, that's, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And the releases, like, I was burnt out at the end of last year, and I was like, okay, they're just, they're, it's not gonna stop, so I'm just gonna lean into it, and, like, I've just, I've overdone it. So, moratorium for 2023 on new <laughs> new sailors. We'll see if I can, uh, we'll see if I rescind this at some point, or have any exceptions, but I feel like, I feel like a moratorium is is an order after what we've seen in the last couple of months from their release release schedule. How do retailers afford this? Like, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm not in retail because it it hurts. It hurts my brain. It hurts. It hurts my wallet. Hurts the bank account. Like I'm just so confused. Mm-hmm. 
so I wanted to relate this to the pilot decimo, which we talked about last week um, from my Atlanta Penn Show Hall. We talked about I finally got my decimo. And I'm sitting there in that review clamoring for more decimos, right? So can I say I want more decimos and less sailor releases? And I think that's fair to say, just like I want more, I want a colorful Lamy 2000 while I want less sailors, right? Those two things can coexist. So the decimo I bought was part of 20 decimos that they released in 2020. Like it was a big release for a pilot in Japan only. And, you know, that was kind of an outlier for Pilot, right, to do that, where the difference with Sailor is it's the norm, right? They could release 20 pins this month and 20 pins next month and 20 pins the month after that. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of pins. Where Pilot did this was an outlier. And I'm asking this for what I'm asking out of Pilot is I would like to see a little bit more Decimo love outside of Japan is you know, what I'm asking for in the review of the Decimo. So I, I talked about the Decimo. Do I like it better than the Vanishing Point? It's hard to say. I mean, I love them both. I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to let the the new, the new shine, the new shiny new toy, you know, off the Decimo and just keep using it and keep seeing what I think about it and see if I ha- actually have a preference over the narrower Decimo barrel versus the Vanishing Point. Like, I, I think they're both going to be pretty equivalent and pretty good. And the the issue was we kind of only had vanishing point choice over here. I would like some more decimo choice was the extent of my review, if you even want to call it that. It was more, I called it a stump speech. I was trying, I want more decimo options outside of Japan, like in our market. But I get that one, one of the things I always say um, refers to Lamy, refers to Sailor, like I can, it refers to pilot. Like I can talk about all this stuff and say what I want. I will always defer to the brands. They know better than me, right? I can still say like what I want, what my dream pen would be, what my dream scenario would be. They still know better than I do. I'm just a guy that talks about pens on the internet, right? So like they know, they have the numbers, they have, you know, they have the ideas on that, but I can still hope and wish that we get a little bit broader release for something like the Decimo Limited Edition. Why can't we have one Decimo Limited Edition a year outside of Japan? I feel like that's fair, right? Asking Lamy for an orange orange and black uh, PVD-coated clip, Lamy 2000, that's unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Asking Pilot for a singular Limited Edition Decimo uh, outside of Japan every year, I think, that's, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair ask. I think it's reasonable. So anyway... That's my um, follow-up to the incoming, well, you just said Pilot did 20 decimos in 2020. It's like, yeah, I know. But they don't have a history of doing this every year or every month. So (sighs) there we go, Mike. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling about all this stuff right now. So. It's good stuff. Like I feel overall, and this this next link is is something that I normally wouldn't put in in the show because it's just like a singular pin, and I don't always just do every singular pin review or several like new release news. But I think we're in an interesting place to where we're getting a lot of a lot more customization and a lot more interesting, highly specific releases. And I'm talking about the Binu alluring anime pin. I like my jaw dropped when I saw this. Uh-huh. Not that I my jaw dropped for wanting it, but that it exists in the first place. That they made a choice to design this pen. 
and I think it came out amazing, despite it, like, it's not for me whatsoever, right? But I think this is more interesting than our 101st sailor release of the year. Is, is, am I wrong? Or I don't know. I don't know what you think about this. It is a very interesting design. Uh, I think it's super mm-hmm. cool that it's painted. Uh, so, the context for me here, while I'm like struggling on this one so much, is the keyboard hobby. In keyboards, people mm-hmm. put anime go. So this is a a Bennu pen, which is pink and blue with tons of sparkles, as they do, and it's beautiful in the way that they they mm-hmm. put their designs together. Mm-hmm. And it's a limited edition with a hand painted female anime character, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's fair to say, right? Did I reference this? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In the keyboard uh, hobby. Yeah, like uh, Warrior Woman. Great. In the keyboard hobby, people put anime girls and everything. And so I'm a little mm-hmm. burnt <laughs> out of anime girl appearing in like on products gotcha. as a way to sell products. Yeah. Uh, but if this is your thing, fantastic. You now have a pen mm. for that, right? Which is great. But like, I'm just like a little like... I feel like I see through I, the anime girl too often, you know? Right. So here's what I think. So I think it's like, I'm not even looking at it from an anime girl perspective. I've, I brought this one up because it's a very much an outlier for our industry, generally uh, speaking. Yeah. But it's more representative of Bennu doing uh, about every month, doing some hand paint and release, right? anime girl or not right they've done since like the end of last year they've kind of almost had like a monthly hand-painted release and they've all been exceptional and i actually think they're getting better and better um as they get more experience doing this and whoever their artist is uh doing this i think they're getting higher quality and higher quality every time so i think it's more of a very detailed general sense yeah yes this one yeah, so and this is a follow up like they did a they did a fish one not long ago. They did one for the holidays back in December with like yep. a you know, like a reindeer and antlers. Like they're all very beautiful. And like uh, just to to prove the point that I wasn't necessarily bringing it up for the anime aspect of it that I love these Kaveco Sports that uh Rose Studio does. Um, they were at the DC Pen Show last year. They're pretty quiet on Instagram right now, but they're out of Turkey. They traveled over with uh, Galen Pens, seeing these hand-painted Kaveco Sports, right? Like someone's taken the stock Kaveco Sport and added art to it, right? And I think Benu's kind of doing the same thing, even though it's all singularly in-house, right? Kaveco's not painting these that I'm going to put a link in the show notes to. But it's the same concept and it's the same idea. And it's these are the things, the creativity I like to see um, as opposed to, ne- I, I love seeing the new sailors and I think they're beautiful, right? But like, I, I'm good. Like, I, I, I thought I, I thought I was better <laughs> with them, but I, I, I guess I'm not. But I love seeing the hand painted. I love seeing artistry, right? I love seeing creativity, and that's what this little um, topic uh, brings to mind. Is like, I want to see more of this type of stuff, you know, regardless of the. Anime part, I don't care about that, but just the idea of making very specific, very artistic style pens. Like I'm, yeah. I'm very much behind. So yeah. yeah, I think it's cool. All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. 
Squarespace really is the all-in-one platform for helping you build your brand and grow your business online. You're able to stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, services, even the content that you create because Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, it's super easy to get started. You just go and sign up for a trial. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. And you get started by choosing from one of their beautiful templates. They are award-winning, best-in-class website templates that you're able to customize to fit your needs. It is as easy as browsing the category of your business or site that you want to make to find a perfect starting place, and you can customize it with just a few clicks. And they give you all of the tools to make any website that you want. You can set up a site for a restaurant, if that's what you have, or maybe a band, you know, like whatever. Maybe you have a business, maybe you have a photography business and you want portfolios. They have all of these templates to really help you get started. If you want to have a blog, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools for you to share your stories, photos, videos, and updates, which you can categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. And then if down the future... You know, like me and Brad have, you want to set up an online store, it's very easy to do that. Whether you sell physical or digital goods, Squarespace has all of the tools that you need to start selling products online. And you can measure how everything is going with their insights tools to see where your site visitors are coming from, where your sales visitors are coming from, and which channels are most effective for you. This is all possible within Squarespace. So go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and sign up for that free trial and then use the offer code penaddict when you're ready to launch your website and you will save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict and when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. One quick thing on mm-hmm. the Squarespace, like the commerce and, and marketing side of things. One thing they've integrated, which I don't, I don't use because I don't have the need for it, is they they have the integrated email like list with yeah. it now, which I always thought was something I would totally use if, you know, my shop was set up to be like that type of shop where I needed to like communicate with our, our customers pretty frequently, and that's all like in house now. Like I think that's that's kind of a cool addition. Um, so there's always the stuff like that going on. Yeah, it's really helpful. Yep. 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 All right, let's hit some Ask TPA. First off, Mike, where can people send us feedback? Because the feedback is booming right now. Booming. We're in a we're in a boom economy for t- for feedback. If you want to send in a question mm-hmm. for the show or you want to send us in some follow-up, just head over to penaddictfeedback.com and you can submit it there. Um, we have gotten loads of questions recently. I brought a lot of them into the document, uh, so we're slowly getting mm-hmm. through them all. But if you have a question for us to answer on the show, go to penaddictfeedback.com, and you can leave it for us there. Keep those questions coming because we're going to have some opportunity for some full STPA episodes in the future with um, our recording schedule like over the next few months. So if we, if we don't get to your question like quickly, um, it, it's it's coming soon. Like We, we, we have a lot to work through but keep don't uh, hesitate to keep them coming our first question today comes from josh uh i've we i think josh wrote in uh recently about pilot metropolitan and we mm-hmm. gave them some advice and and josh says i've recently switched to a pilot con 40 converter with no more problems they were having com- like the converter issues was it the con yeah they have a they squeeze converter mm. yeah it's a squeeze converter in the stock metropolitan which no is good. very very weak no good at all uh, Josh says, I have one more question for you, though. How am I meant to refill my pen without getting ink all over my hands? Or should I just resign myself to being sure I never have to re-ink uh, in or near public people? 
<laughs> you should resign yourself to getting ink on your hands. Like it's almost I, like, impossible it's, to it's get as simple none. As that. You know, right? Like, right. You'll get better over time. Like you can get not. Yeah, you can get not too much on there, but you're probably going to get some on your hands, right? Yep. So where I tend to get the ink in my hands, so don't hesitate to um, dip the nib pretty far down into the ink bottle, but you want to have a paper towel to wipe wipe off the section um, when you when you pull it back out. And since it's usually like a two-handed operation, like one to twist the converter and two to actually hold the nib, like you don't want to set the nib in the bottom of the ink bottle. You don't want the tip of the nib hitting the bottom of your ink bottle, right? Like it could bend it. Like if you put pressure on it or something like that, probably not your steel nibs, but regardless. Um, but I usually get like if I'm right-handed or I'm spinning the converter, the end of the converter with my right hand, my left hand is right above the ring opening of the bottle. And that's where I will get ink on my hands just from kind of sitting my fingers touching the top of the bottle. But when I bring the when I bring the converter and the nib unit out, that goes straight into a paper towel. So I'm I'm wiping that off before I get my hands fully inky on there, right? So I'm going to get a little bit inky on my hands, almost certainly, but I'm not getting too much because I'm going now going to remove the nib from the ink bottle and kind of wipe it off with a pe- uh, wet paper towel. And um, then that's about as good as you're going to get, I think. So it's, it's unless you're using just exclusively cartridges, you're going to get some ink on your hands from time to time. Michael asks, I'm planning a summer trip to Tokyo and of course setting aside time from the family for stationery. I'm planning on a Ginza Itoya and Kakamori uh, visit. I am interested in what you think I should be looking for, particularly fountain pens and notebooks that might not be easily obtainable in the United States. I guess Decimo to start. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get even more specific than that. And this is generally the answer for someone who's not made this trip, but has gotten this advice from other people. And this is the advice I pass on. So related to like the Decimo that we were talking about, it's not just pilots Japan only releases. It's their store exclusive releases. So what you should do, Michael, is have an idea of products you like. Say if you're a Platinum 3776 fan or a Sailor fan or a Pilot fan or any fan of those Japanese brands, figure out which models you like and... When you're going into stores, you should see what shop exclusives they have. And it's not limited to the Japanese brands, right? You're going to find Lamy exclusives there. You're going to find Kaveco exclusives there. You're going to find our friend Ian Schoen is going to have some of his shown designs at some of these shops that are going to be exclusive for those shops. On top of that, you're going to find store exclusive inks. You're going to find store exclusive notebooks, usually maybe not from a paper perspective, but from a cover design perspective, right? Like they might have a special uh, notebook for the shop with interesting artwork or special stamping, you know, where the, the paper might be the same. So my advice is to look for those store exclusives from brands you already know and love, right? Like if I'm a big Kaveco sport fan and I see something very interesting at Atoya and they have an interesting color, like I would pick that up, right? Even if I already have 10 Kaveco sports, well, I'm going to get the Atoya store exclusives. Things like that is what you want to look for. And that 
that tracks all the way down to like your gel pens and your ballpoints too, right? Like, so don't think it's like fountain pen exclusive, even though that may be what you're looking for. Um, it's, it's going to kind of traverse all the brands and all the styles of pens from the big shops like Atoya down to the very smaller shops. They're going to have a few things as well. So I think you'll, you'll be fine almost just kind of winging it as long as you have an idea of what you already like. And then you can expand on that at each individual shop, I think. I would say, you know, having never done it either, I guess the thing that I would probably look out for is like not even just the big ticket items, but there's so much interesting mm-hmm. Japanese stationery that's like little things that totally. don't exist outside of Japan very easily, at least as well, mm-hmm. not for the prices that you would get there, right? So like little accessories, right. washi tape, stickers, paper clips, like all that fun little stuff. Um, I would look at that too. That's a fact. I would be loaded up with accessories as much yeah. as anything if I when I go. Like it'll just be like packed, like yep. with like accessory type stuff, small yep. stuff. Yep, that's totally. what I expect. Little fun trinkets, cases, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrea asks, "What are your thoughts on nibs being laser engraved versus stamped? I see no issue with paying a steel pen." above $200, but at that price point, I'm starting to expect mid-tier brands to have stamped nibs like Estabrook, uh, Franklin Christoph, Edison, etc. Diplomat and Nell Leonardo are doing it, and it makes a big difference in my mind. I fully understand that custom dyes can cost th- uh, several thousands of dollars, and I would not expect pen makers to do that. Yeah, I mean, so I, I have some experience with this. With Spoke, we take the stock Yovo nibs and we get them laser engraved, right? So we'll get our logo laser etched on there. Um, we would, like Andrea alludes to, we would never be able to afford custom dives for stamping. We don't sell enough fountain pens to mm-hmm. afford something like that. So that's certainly an idea. I guess, like, I think that's is a totally fair expectation for people to have the they will say, if I'm going to pay X amount of money for X pen, I expect this from it. And whether it's a nib or not, maybe, you know, they expect, I don't know, a gold nib, right? Some people, like if they were going to spend three or $400 on a pen, they expect a gold nib. And it's just like a personal preference thing. Like I've never been stuck on gold versus steel nib, right? I am a very big fan of steel nibs. So like I think about it that way. Um, I haven't really thought about whether I prefer like laser engraved versus stamped to be perfectly honest, I've never noticed because it does. That's like not on my list of things. Right. But for Andrea, that is on their list of things, right? That is their list. Like my list says, Hey, I prefer a stamped nib as opposed to a laser engraved or a, just an, an unengraved nib period. Right. And I think that's just, you know, different pen companies are going to do different things and you just might have to narrow your focus into the companies that meet those criteria and know that some of the companies might not meet those criteria. Right. So like, I think that just all gets into our personal preferences. Mm -hmm. So my thoughts, if you're asking for my thoughts is I, it doesn't make any difference from, for me, just the same as I'm one of those people that 
steel or gold nibs doesn't make any difference to me either, right? So I'm maybe not, I'm, I'm more open to having like a cool pen design regardless of the nib material or the engraving stamping on the nib. But that, that might be an outlier type of thing. That's just like one of those things that's never totally registered for me. But I do get the fact that you might be saying, hey, these custom dies, that these stampings are just cleaner. Like they look like better from the factory. And that's just like what some companies are going to do. And it's pretty cool that they can do that, like Leonardo and Diplomat. So I, I think that's cool. But like not everyone's going to do that. So maybe, you know, maybe you just have to shop with the companies that do offer that. How does it work to have the stamping done? Do you have to like have it done by the nib manufacturer? I would say almost certainly you're paying that at the point. That's where the die cost would come in. So like if I'm working, I and I don't know this for a fact, so but my assumption is like if I'm working with Yovo and I'm I'm just gonna pretend I'm Leonardo and yep. I have a pretty big standing Yovo order. At some point, I'm ordering enough nibs from Yovo to say, hey, what what are our options for custom dies? And they'll say, hey, here's your option. And say it's $2,000 for to get the Leonardo logo stamped. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer for them, right? And that would come from the manufacturer almost exclusively, right? You're going to work with the manufacturer, the the source manufacturer for the nibs to get the stamping laser engraved are aftermarket, right? That's done secondhand, right? So that's yeah. a second step. You would buy a raw nib and then send it to a person or company to get that laser engraved or do it yourself. Um, the laser engravers, again, like those aren't cheap aren't a cheap investment, um, but it allows more flexibility, different designs on the laser and as opposed to more a singular than just die. Engrave nibs on a laser engraver. Right. Yep, like we have a laser engraver for spoke that does our barrels, right? Yeah. So we can do barrel designs, but we don't have the right kind of laser to do the nibs, oh, so okay. we send those off, right. right? So there's different types of lasers that have to do different things. So Yeah, I think that's a great question. Like it's just a it's just a it's a personal preference thing and yeah. like there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, for me, I don't know if I particularly care between laser engraving or stamped. Like, I feel like, obviously, if something's stamped, I feel like you get maybe a little more intricacy, like, or maybe people yes. just do that more anyway. Um, so maybe it's mm -hmm. easier to cover the, the nib because of the curved surfaces and stuff. But mm -hmm. I, either way, I like to have the brand on the nib because it feels mm -hmm. like a, a nice touch. Like if I'm buying yeah. a pen for a couple of hundred dollars and it just says Schmidt on it, it's like this doesn't feel as complete a package um, than gotcha. if you were to engrave that. You know what I mean? Or, or like even mm -hmm. even just the laser engraving. Like, you know, right, I know right. that when uh, Jonathan Brooks added this, it was like, oh, this feels nice. Like just as like a little extra thing. Yeah. It doesn't change the pen in any way. Like, but you feel like you're getting a fully considered product rather than like, Oh, we only went this far and just didn't bother about the rest, you know? Yeah, I, I, what I, the thing I don't prefer, which is I'm glad why Yovo has kind of like the the blank center nibs, is I don't like the the nib makers brand like you're saying Schmidt or Bach used to do this, um, where you would buy the pen and it would say Schmidt nib. I would rather just be a Schmidt nib but blank or a Bach nib but blank or Yovo nib but blank. Like I like all those better than having like you know 
like a Bach on my Aboya pen or something like that. Like yeah. like Canaleas like are all blank Yovos, right? Which that I like. Like I'm um, that I'm good with. I would rather it say that than have like Yovo on my nib. Like I don't. Which want they're that. probably paying which extra for, done. right? You would expect. No, no, that's the stock Yovo nib. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the stock Yovo nib. Oh, okay. Yovo has never put their name on it in recent memory that I can think of, but Bach and Schmidt do mm. to a degree. Yeah, I like I so, like it when there's a brand on them. Like yeah, I like it. Like an etching or a stamping. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice. Nice touch. Yep. And now we're starting to see. Now we're starting to see a lot of handmade etching on nibs. That that's starting to become a thing. So that's a whole different oh level. Oh my. So maybe that's something Andrea could look into. I'm seeing some really neat. Like if you don't, if you get a steel nib pen, um, you can get some really intricate, like almost like hand carved uh, nibs. Like that's starting to happen now. So it's pretty cool. Like I don't have any yet, but uh, I'm I'm seeing them like in Instagram and stuff like that. That's kind of the little next frontier for the steel nibs and gold nibs. Our final question today comes from Caleb, who says, "I'm taking a couple of trips this summer. I'm going to be in both Amsterdam and New York. What are the can't miss pen shops I need to see?" So New York, you want to check out Fountain Pen Hospital and Yoseka Station Stationery. Um, I don't think they're necessarily close to each other, so it depends on like if you're like in the city, like what part of the city you're in. Um, those are kind of like my two main ones in there. Then you have some random stuff in New York, like we went to Mike. Um, we went uh-huh. to Kinokania and Goods for the Study. Like you can rent those would be your like second second tier ones. Not in, not in like like real ranking. Like they're great stores, but I would start with. Yoseka and Fountain Pen Hospital, and then go into the bigger stores like your um, Kino Kaniyas, your Muji's, right? Your goods for the stationery. That's like around, that's like second. That would be second uh, yeah. tier on my list. Um, and then in Amsterdam, um, I haven't looked at the list, but you're probably close. Uh, I don't actually, I don't know any of the, all the, is Fanta Plumo in Amsterdam? So you have different stores between Apple Boom. Fonta Plumo and PW Ackerman, but I don't know that any of them are actually physically in Amsterdam. They're like in in The Hague, in in Utrecht, in, in and around Amsterdam. Like if Amsterdam's your hub, they might be like an hour train or something like that. I'd have to look at the map um, to see. And you've linked uh, Tessa's All Things Stationery uh, Stationery Shops map, which would help out with that. So I don't know directly if Fonta Plumo might be in Amsterdam directly. I'll have to double check. But yeah, there's I've, definitely like, like uh, the Netherlands has like some some like amazing stationary stores. I just don't know the Amsterdam access. Yeah, I put I put Tessa's map in for some things, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'd be cool if they. I I I don't know who's based in Amsterdam. You, you know better than me. Yeah, but New York. Well, those can, are the three main stores I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the stores I know that are in the Netherlands, just not directly in Amsterdam. But I think like reasonably accessible, right? Like it's it's much easier to to travel um, in that part of Europe than like you know going to like certain places in the U.S. So like a store might be an hour out of town, but it might be like a direct train type of situation, right? Yeah. Okay, I think that's it for this week. If we said, if you want to uh, uh, write in with a question of your own, it's very easy to do that. Just go to penaddictfeedback.com. You can send us an Ask TPA question. Or you can send in some follow-up if you've got any for us to talk about on a future episode of the show. Until next time, if you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com, penaddict on Instagram, 
penaddict at mastodon.social. You can also find Brad streaming three times a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. You can find me on Mastodon. I'm on mike.social as at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And you can find my products like the Theme System Journal and Psychic Notepad over at cortexbrand.com. Thank you so much to Squarespace and Enigma Stationery for their support of this episode. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>